Product managers give 100% of themselves to their customers. But who's there for the PM? The Product Management Center at the University of Washington. It's a global hub for knowledge, community, and impact. I'm Jeff Schulman, founding director of the Product Management Center and your host on this show, How to Succeed in Product Management. Each week, I'm joined by my co-host, Red, and some of the best product managers in the business. Together, we're having candid conversations that help you understand the challenges that a product manager faces, how they overcome them, and the tools and frameworks that will help you thrive in the role. So let's start the show. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jeff Schulman. And I'm a marketing professor at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business and the founding director of the Product Management Center, which is a global hub for knowledge, community, and impact. I started right here at the University of Washington, leveraging our interdisciplinary faculty, our fantastic alumni and students, and connections to the companies uh, that are here in Seattle, but really a resource that is available to everyone as we work to make a more diverse, inclusive, and skilled product management community. And today, our efforts to to do that include some of the best product managers in the world. And we are going to talk about transitioning into a role in product management. And we're going to talk about this from a couple of angles, uh, transitioning to your first product management role, and also transitioning to maybe a new product management role, whether you switch to a new product, a new company, or you switch that title to senior product manager or to director of product management. Any transition is fair game in today's conversation. And we're joined every single week as we together try to enrich the lives of diverse product managers by Sumeya Benganam. And it's been a couple of weeks since I've asked you, Sumeya, can you tell us a little bit about your journey in product, maybe some of the transitions that you've made, and then dive into why should anybody care about transitioning when they might already have their job? So why should both aspiring and current PMs of all ages and backgrounds care about today's conversation. Thanks, Jeff. Great transition. (laughs) I'm waiting for all the puns and jokes we're going to make today. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of transitions, I think the, the topic of transition is so important for products managers because of the dynamic nature of our jobs. Even without moving from one product to the next, just thinking within the product itself that we work within, whether you have one product you're responsible for or many, there is always a shifting landscape of the customer, of the market, of the business model, of the channels. And so the dynamic part that is endemic and part of the DNA of product manager management make the conversation around transitions very important. How do we do them? How do we participate in them? How do we lead them? It's either you (laughs) shepherd and lead the transition or the transition leads you. So I'm excited about that conversation. And Jeff, to answer your question, I think as someone who has been in the world of product management for almost 20 years, I've had numerous transitions of different kinds, transitions up, transitions down, transitions laterally, transitions to B2B products and B2C, also through in the services world, where as a consultant, I've worked with many different clients. So I'm excited again to talk about this topic and talk about the nuance of it from many different perspectives. Back to you, Jeff. All right. And I wish my brain moved fast enough to hold on. That was a great little line you had. What was it? Either the transitions rule you or you rule... The transitions. What was that, Sumeya? Can you repeat that? Or was that just made up on the fly? (laughs) Well, it was on the fly as usual, but it's either you run the transition or the transition runs you. So just having control of that situation. I love that catchphrase. If somebody's listening and wants to type that into our product management center Slack channel for the rest of the world to capture, please do so. Speaking of that product management center Slack channel, we're joined every week by Red, the man responsible for us launching this podcast for me connecting with Sumeya, who's been a fantastic advisory board member for the product management center and and weekly product executive in residence here on this show. Red, tell us a little bit about the transitions you've made in your life and how to succeed in product management, tell them what that red circle means and how they can get involved in today's conversation. Absolutely. Well, one of the biggest transitions we've experienced over the past years, we have a hard time seeing people in person due to restrictions and personal choices. And, you know, it might be difficult, but not for product managers because we have this amazing virtual Slack channel. Guess what, Jeff and Samaya? We're at 992 
product managers. Tonight, we're going to break a thousand. So what we do is we're going to be recording tonight's show, hosting a podcast. And uh, if you can't make it or if you have to drop off, there's an opportunity for you to listen to it later. But what I have found, Jeff, is as we continue to get more and more downloads, every single day, PMs are reaching out saying, can I join this community? Is that okay? So if you're someone who's out there that wants to be part of the Slack channel that lives beyond tonight, please ping me, text me, send me a carrier pigeon, fax me, or throw rocks over the wall, whatever it is you need to do to get my attention. I would love to have you join this community. I'm one of the founding advisors for the Product Management Center at University of Washington, and I'm here to support you at the end of the day. So that that's my spiel, Jeff. Thank you. Excellent. I want to transition to one of our guests today. AO is a distinguished mentor in the Inclusive Product Management Accelerator as we're working together to empower 100 professionals from historically marginalized communities to land their first PM role by June 2022. PM at Google. AO, tell us a little bit about your journey in product. From IO, I know, you know many haven't met me here before, but technical product manager at Google starting as a dev. Um, but then I actually got my engineering master's, engineering project management master's degree, and that kind of segued me into product management. And from there, I kind of just dived deeper and deeper throughout the last three or four years. And like Jeff said, I'm very, very proud to be one of the distinguished mentors for the IPM Accelerator Program. I have a ton of great mentees that are really, really killing it. And we can just see week by week, they're getting better and getting closer to landing their first product role. So it's an exciting experience. I'm very, very passionate about bridging a digital divide in terms of underrepresented people and breaking into tech. So this is just something I'm really, really passionate about. I'm just glad to be here and I'm, I would love to share my experience. All right. It's great to have you here. And we will be having some transitions from that Inclusive Product Management Accelerator, as many of them will be transitioning into their first product management role soon. Offers are already starting to roll in. And so let's talk about how we could help them. Ajith, if you could introduce yourself and then maybe give me one bit of guidance that you have for somebody starting a transition to a new product management role. Hi, everybody. My name is Ajit Prabhakar, and I am a principal technical product manager at Amazon. My background is in engineering. I think I have 20 plus years in the tech industry, nearly half of which was in engineering roles, after which I did my first transition into product management almost 13 years ago. And since then, similar to Somea, I've had transitions up, down, laterally, into new products, into different industries altogether and multiple product lines along the way. So the first thing that I would like to throw out is having a good idea of what is expected of one person in a new product management role is a big first step. So spend a lot of time understanding what is expected of you and talk to a lot of people you'll be working with. From there, you can start to draw inferences on what you should go do next. So maybe let's start the discussion with how do we understand expectations for a product management role? All right. Thank you. Io, what do you think? Anything to add to that that you're going to be telling people as they're transitioning into product management? Things that I would definitely add to that. I think those are some good starts as well, too. I think a big thing is just being able to make data-driven decisions as a product manager. I think a ton of times when people are trying to get into product management, they some think that it's kind of the role that is non-technical, that I've kind of found my way out from getting dirty with the data. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. And making data-driven decisions is pretty much everyday thing with product management. So I think that'd be a topic that I definitely want to touch upon and kind of shed more light to more people as well. So Sumay, if I could turn to you for a moment, what could somebody do as they transition to a new product management role in those early days that will help set them up to make uh, data-driven decisions going forward in the long run? Yeah, Absolutely. I think whenever I'm thinking about transitions, the two things or the two skills or the two muscles that I think about using and exercising at a higher rate than any other products management skills, one, listening, and two, building trust. You don't need to show your, you know, how great you are of a product manager, except with how you ask questions and how you listen, dig deeper and try to understand. I think taking the time to observe, taking the time to understand 
what's going on, to understand the people, the problem, the, the solutions in place is extremely important. And so when I think about transitioning in the early days, you know, whether you want to use a data approach or a product sense approach or whatever approach you you want to lean on first, before you can even make that decision, just take a step back, ask questions, try to understand. And so curiosity, asking questions become really important skills at that point. All right. The transition can run you. And so I'm curious if IO has any examples of what could go wrong in a transition. So what are some things that our listeners should avoid in those first 30, 60 days in a new role? What should they avoid to make sure that uh, the transition does not run them? And I hope everybody's hearing me well. And Jeff, definitely just do a, a, a gentle, abrupt interruption if, I, if my people can't hear me. But I think one of the big things is what you were kind of leading to. One, having that 30, 60, 90 day goal. So when you're transitioning, sometimes people feel like they have to take over the world in one day. When in fact, you know, sometimes you really just need to uh, make progress incrementally. Um, and setting these 30 day, 90, 60 days and 90 day goals is really, really important as well, too. Another thing I think is really, really important, I think, is the fact that you really want to have your KPIs and understand what your KPIs as well, too, because that's going to be your ultimate driving factor in you kind of getting from point A to point B in terms of your your goal as a product manager as well, too. So the quicker you learn your KPIs, the quicker you see how your team is currently performing with these KPIs are two pivotal, uh, pivotal things that could set you up for success. And I think those things are where people oftentimes lose foot as they transition because sometimes they're not focused on the KPIs. Sometimes they're not really focused on where they want to be in 30, 60, 90 days. So if you have those two focuses, I think that can set you up for success. Ajith, can you share anything to add to what Ayo said? about? Let, let me just set the context too for those just joining. What could go wrong? How could the transition run you instead of you running the transition? What can go wrong in a transition? Another thing that I would is not understanding the most difficult debates a product team is currently facing. One of the biggest jobs of a product manager is to help resolve or set the parameters for some of the most important debates that both from a consumer perspective, from a engineering slash innovation perspective that teams have to resolve. And if those aren't addressed early on, your product and your execution will run amok in the later stages of, of any given project or product rollout. So dig deep, speak with your engineering stakeholders, speak with UX researchers, speak with the people who are trying to launch the product to understand what are they really trying to do and what are the needs that they've hypothesized for customers that are unaddressed and how are they trying to resolve it. Get to those debates early on and tackle them with the team. And so going from there, you'll have clear hypotheses on what are you trying to test with your V1 product or if you already have a V1 product and you're moving to a V2 product, which, by the way, is another transition, you'll understand what key things have you learned already and what are the new things you want to learn going forward. So addressing having a clear understanding of those debates, the hypotheses that you're trying to test, and to IO's point, having clear data and KPIs to uh, measure whether your hypotheses are right or wrong or if you've achieved success or not will help. So focus on the debates. I, I wanted to. Something. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to double click on something we've been talking about, and that's expectations or setting expectations. This point I'm going to talk about specifically is about the expectations between the product manager and their manager. I think many of us product managers like to work autonomously. I think it's part of our DNA. We like to run with things. We'd rather no one tell us what to do. <laughs> but this is one case where in the early Early days in that first 30 days, really understanding the reason you, you were brought on board. What is this gap that needs to be filled? What does your manager think or what kind of expectations do they have? Take that as the starting hypothesis of your job. And then as you continue working, you might learn other things that invalidate some of those hypotheses. And then it's a conversation between you and your manager. I highlight this because, you know, sometimes uh, managers are great at communicating expectations, sometimes are not. And if they're not great, then it's really on you to make sure they give you the information you need, which is unfortunate, but I know it's a reality that happens. All right. So now it's red in my favorite 
moment where we try to stoke a little controversy. And usually I could just count on Sumeya with the, the blanket question of any controversial thoughts as it relates to transitions that you want to float with your peers here. I'm going to see if Ayo or Ajith want to take this first. Any thought, what you think that might be controversial opinions that you either want to get validation or stoke a debate as it relates to what you want to tell somebody as they're transitioning into a new product management role? I think just come off mute if you've got them. Otherwise, in about two seconds, I bet you Samaya has one that she's ready to rock and roll. I'll throw one out there. Are product managers CEOs of their product? Do you want me to take a crack at what I think? Or Samaya, do you want to go for it? No, go for it. You first. You got to stake your claim and then let the war begin. Well, actually, before, Excellent. before can I help? Just I want definition of terms here to make this a fair fight, okay? So while we're putting on our gloves and strapping those fingers together... How do you define what you would be calling a CEO of their decisions? If that's okay. <laughs> Imagery, Fred, was perfect. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but I think in order to really make this a fair fight, I don't want to put any shame on CEOs out there, but we got to be honest out here. So I'm curious, what's your thoughts on that? Excellent question. I think the most generic definition that I can come up with for the purposes of this discussion would be, as a product manager, should you own all aspects, and, I'm by, and by that I mean defining the vision, owning the execution of the engineering component, defining the go-to-market strategy, also leading conversations with your finance, legal, accounting, whatever other teams are involved. And if so, are you in a position or do you happen to be in a position where you either have direct influence over or control over all of those decisions? And is that what you should expect as you transition into a new product management role? So the question really is about uh, the expectation of when you transition to a PM role, would you have all of those functions or not? And if not, does that make a difference? All right, now stake your Does that claim. answer your question, Red? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's about to get messy. I can already see emojis and microphones popping on and off over here. So I'm going to go back to my corner. <laughs> I'm gonna, I suspect a lot of agreement here, but let's see it. Throw down, Ajit, please. Great. All right. I do not actually believe that a product manager always has to be the CEO of a product. You want to be in a position where you have influence over a lot of those decisions, and you want to be in a position where you have a seat at the table where, when those decisions are being made. So what matters, the shortest version of my answer is what matters most is that you have influence not necessarily control or ownership. That said, you do want to have ownership over the customer experience and how those customer experiences are measured. And you do want to have ownership over specific hypotheses and tests that you'd like to run and how those tests are run and how we gather data. However, you don't have to have control over all aspects of this. You do want to have influence. That's my claim. Let's go for it. I agree to an extent. I think the points that you hit on were the control over the data. But I actually think that a product manager, or, or at least the most effective product managers, actually have the least quote-unquote control, where they're really enabling an autonomous unit from their engineers, the marketing team, so on and so forth as well, too. reason why I say this is this. Most product managers typically come into a situation where the KPIs may or may not have been set or they're leveraging the data from the market. So is that really your influence or is that more of just the data's influence as well too? Another thing is the fact that you're outnumbered as well too at the end of the day, when the product is being developed, product managers typically stand as the one standalone, right? Where you have dozens of engineers, so on and so forth in terms of your, your marketing team professionals and so on, so on and so forth. So I think the fact is that Yes, product managers may have influence, but it's typically dictated by data that we inherit or have researched. When it comes to being able to drive the, the engineering or the rollout, so on and so forth, these are things that kind of come from things that are beyond us. And we're just using these metrics to dictate the decisions there as well, too. So I hope that makes sense. And Sumeya, I know you've got an opinion on this. Are the product managers, as they transition, should they expect to be the CEO of their product? Do they own everything? Do they influence everything? Do they influence some things? What do you think, Sumeya? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the reason I say that is because 
uh, I have seen over time that product management roles look really different from one company to the next and from one product to the next. And so if you want to be that, if you want to be the CEO of the product, make sure that you understand that that's the expectation of the role or that's what you push for when you're interviewing. But the reality of the situation is, and I agree here with Ayo and Ajit, you don't have much of the authority that a CEO would have. A CEO not only can influence, which is the best kind of leadership, but they also have the authority around a lot of things, everything from budget to uh, headcount to everything else. And so I think setting up new product managers to expect the CEO kind of role or influence or authority is not necessarily true 80% of the time. But I also have seen people with that kind of role in the past in both large companies and in, uh, in startups. So it happens. All right. I want to give Red all that he's looking for. He wants some red meat, some chum in the water here. So I sensed a little bit of nuance, but I didn't sense any blood. Anybody want to add to this before we move on to the next question? Did anybody want to pick up on something that somebody else said and disagree? Or do what PM's doing, agree but with a caveat? (laughs) Here's the most controversial statement I'm willing to make (laughs) on this topic is that people need to stop saying the PM is the CEO of the product. Just to pick another analogy or say something else, just not the CEO. It's like trite at this point and tired. I could not agree more. And I should almost take that question back, but I just wanted to kill that myth. So could not agree more with you, Samaya. Wait, I'm confused. Jeff, help me out here. You propose the question she tells you the question is irrelevant, and you're just like, thank you. How come PMs always get along, Jeff? I just, I need some help here. What this is, is why everybody should join the Product Management Center Slack community, because we could agree and disagree and debate, but we're all still friends working towards a common purpose. This is what we do here every single week. Bring the best insights and make new friends. <laughs> right, Red? Unbelievable. I just, I just love this crowd already. Keep going. This is amazing. I'm going to stake a claim and disagree. I actually teach all of my students that the product manager is the CEO. But with the caveat, I call them the chief empathy officer. So controversial opinion. Is the product manager the chief (laughs) empathy officer? Yes or no? I'll take the bait. Oh, totally yes. You have to be able to empathize not just with your customers, the people who will use your product, but also with the people who are working with you under very tight timelines, often with limited resources, to develop the product. So you have to have empathy on both sides and figure out a way to get to the most important learnings from your version one. Figure out, again, going back to the conversation we had about prioritizing the hypotheses you want to test on your V1 and then learn from that. And then figure out ways to sometimes scrappy ways to get the product out to the market and make sure the product is still enjoyable and functional for customers so you can actually get meaningful learnings. So in some ways, you have to be effective at empathizing with both your customers, internal stakeholders, as well as everybody who's going to work with you to get the product launched. I want to push back maybe slightly or ask a question and, and see what you think about this. Why wouldn't the designers, the people who are doing user research and digging deeper, be more of the empathetic people to the customer? Like if we're putting a chief on it, why wouldn't the designer or the UX person be that? Ooh, do we have a debate? So who should be the chief? So that's the bone to pick, so to speak, of the chief empathy officer, the designers or the product managers. I'm going to put Io on the spot. What do you think? Uh, Designers, product managers, or somebody else should be the chief empathy officer? I think ultimately that falls still on the product manager. Biased here, obviously, but I think as a designer, your focus is to make sure the user flow, the user experience, um, that of, you know, the best, right? But I think as a product manager, you're thinking more holistically as well, too, um, on the product. So similar to what Ajit said as well, too, right? So thinking about how the engineers are developing their product, how the marketers are thinking about marketing this product the overall product as well, too. Certain things that you just can't capture in metrics, but also the data as well, too. So I think overall, I think that still relies on the ultimate product manager. I think as a product designer, 
um, your focus is a little bit more on the experience ensuring that the user ultimately has a good takeaway from the product from an experience standpoint. But beyond it, I think that falls on the product manager. Can I just say that Jeff completely changed the question? Is that just me who's <laughs> <Yeah>. observing that? <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I think Sumeya changed the question. I said chief empathy officer. She wanted to emphasize chief. And now, Ajith, what do you think? Are they the chief Product manager is the chief empathy officer, or should somebody else be the chief empathy officer? I agree with what Ayo just said. I think designers have to display a lot of empathy. And when they provide design options, think through uh, those options from different angles. However, uh, to the point that Ayo made earlier, it is the product manager who has to be the chief in this decision because they have the most holistic view of the entire product and everything that goes into bringing it to life. So from that perspective, heavy is the head that wears the crown, my friend. It will still be the product management. I love it. We are getting so many catchphrases here. This is fantastic. Sumeya, you could interrupt me at any point if you if this battle is not over, but I'm going to transition. It's not over. It's not over. I'm not going to <laughs> just transition. Just very quickly. <laughs> well, very quickly. I just wanted to say this. I think the nuance here is about depth versus breadth. So yes, the product manager has to have a lot of empathy for a lot of people, a lot of different you know, actors in this world of the product. But I would still argue that the UX people always will have the most empathy for the customer. It's just, it, you even see it in conversations and how they represent the user and their findings about the user. And so I would argue that from a user perspective, they would still have the most empathy. But having said that, the reason why I think they have the chief title is because if we're all focused on the customer, if we're all going to say the number one priority we have is to the customer and not necessarily the business or other aspects, then the UX designers take that role or take that crown, at least from this perspective of just focusing on the customer is the number one thing we all care about as a product team. All right. Now I'm going to transition unless I'm leaving the door open for just a cold-hearted interruption. If anybody wants to build off of what Sumeya said, cut me off at any point with a hard transition. Getting funny yet about the pauses for transition? No. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> It's going to, it's like the family guy. You you keep going through the same joke until it gets funny. You, you got to suffer through some annoying until then. But anyway, transitioning then, it looks like that discussion has run its course. And I want to turn to just very quickly before we get to Red, managing the stage and all of you get to get your questions answered. I first want two do's and two don'ts with respect to what you should do when you transition to a new PM role not just for our inclusive product management accelerator fellows who are getting their new product management roles, but everybody, people who have switched jobs, switched products, switched titles. Two do's, two don'ts. Io, do you mind going first? Definitely connect with your product lead immediately to understand what the overall goals are for your organization or your product. So make sure you're setting up those coffee chats with all your product leads, your engineering leads, so on and so forth, your engineers. Another do, ensure, ensure, ensure that you have studied the product. A ton of times, and I think early on in my product career, I came on thinking about more of the product functions rather than the actual product itself. So it's something simple, but actually very important. Like, do you actually know what this product does? So when you're in these meetings, you wanna make sure that you actually sound like you have a decent grasp on what it's doing and where it's gonna go as well too. So those are the two, study the product, make sure you're very knowledgeable of the product and then set up the, the time with your product leads. Some of the don'ts, don't, come into the actual engineering or development team or the product team and try to set a whole new tone and a whole new rhythm. It's ultimately going to throw the engineers out of whack. And ultimately, you haven't built up that rapport with your team to the point where you can put your foot down. And ultimately, like we've mentioned before, as a product manager, you really don't have the authority that you know many coming into this think you have. I and mean, that's something, and if you have any authority, that's usually built up from years and years of experience. So that's one. And then I would say the other one, is ultimately be decisive as well, too. If you're being brought on as a product manager, definitely don't be someone who's indecisive or 
not making data-driven decisions, or ultimately not giving a customer voice to the engineering decisions that are being made as well, too. So two of the don'ts are, one, be decisive, and then two, don't try to rattle the cage too early. Don't try to come on and try to set the tone for the product team when the team has probably been stood up for a long amount of time as well, too. Cool. Jeff, I'll add to those. Maybe I'll start with the don'ts first. One of the things that I've seen people who newly transition to product management roles do, often unconsciously, if I may add, is you get comfortable with what you're good at and begin focusing on just that aspect of your role. So avoid the natural tendency to rely on what you're good at and ignore sometimes unconsciously things that you may not know about or are not good at. Always take the broader view of what you're going to be working on. And this also goes back to the point about understanding expectations of your role. The other thing that you should avoid doing is something that relates to IO said, which is understand approaches that are currently in the works and don't rattle the cage right away. However, if there are specific points that you have strong opinions about, it is okay for you to question them. So the second don't, don't if, if you have strong opinions about an engineering approach or a particular decision, just because you're new doesn't mean you have to suppress those debates. You've been hired for the role because your boss and your teammates recognized something in you where you could add value. So bring your thoughts forward in a firm but still humble way because you want those debates to happen early on to the points that we made earlier. Having those difficult debates early on only helps improve the execution and uh, the launch of the product in the long run. Those are my two don'ts. In terms of what you have to do early, uh, the do's, I think one of the best things you can do is have a point that Ayo made earlier. Establish a 30, 60, 90 day plan working with your boss, your stakeholders, listening to your teammates, uh, listening to the people who are doing research, listening to some of the concerns that have been raised by partner teams or dependent teams. Having that list gives you a very clear idea of what are the, here's another phrase, sharks closest to the body and sort of medium and longer term problems that you'll have to resolve in the time that you have in that organization. Another good do is look for mentors. Look for people who've been successful in that team, in, the, in that company, in that organization. See what they did well. That'll help you anticipate needs that you may not know about as well as become a better, pro good product manager over time. There you go. Sumeya, anything to add? Or do you have yeah, two more do's and two more? I'll add a couple. In terms of the do's, the first do is around trust. Again, I think trust is one of the most important things that you need to establish. And you need to start it by trusting everyone. So your default state as you join a new team is to start from a place of trusting everyone and trusting that they, everyone wants you to succeed. So take comfort in that and then start working from there. The second tidbit or tactic that I like to use and recommend to my teams and to my mentees is a personal user manual. So I think to all of us, we all have these facets or quirks or ways we like to work. Um, so one of the things I do when I join a new team or I have someone join my team is this personal user manual, which is a document where they fill out answers to, you know, a series of questions. Everyone on the team answers those questions as well. And then we can do like a quarterly meeting where we go over it. Or if someone is new, they do in their one-on-ones, they go through their user manuals. It includes questions from everything such as, I'm a morning person to, I'd rather do work at night and a good day looks like this to me and a not so good day looks like this to me. And it just allows people to have conversations early on that are beyond you know, let's get one, two, three done. And they're a little more personable and relevant to what would make your work enjoyable and your day enjoyable. So I recommend that. I have a template I use, but if you Google it, you will also find other templates online. In terms of the don'ts, one, I think this is something that has, or that comes up a lot in the conversations with PMs. Don't worry about being liked 
First, just worry about being trusted. I think there is a lot of people mix the two together. And so don't spend a lot of mental capital on the being liked part. Focus on understanding the value you need to deliver, on understanding the problems you need to solve, on the products you're taking on, on the problem space it's in, building social awareness which is another word for politics in the office, just understanding the dynamics. You don't want to land on minefields. I know people whose careers were derailed by honest mistakes just because they lack that social awareness of what's going on. Um, So pay attention to those cues, social cues. And then last but not least, I want to double down on Ajit's point around mentors. With all these things, because there is really no with the unspoken rules of an organization or a new team, look for allies, look for sponsors, look for people you can use for different purposes or uh, leverage for different purposes. Not everyone has to be everything to you, but different people can be different things. So keep an eye for that. Back to you, Jeff. All right, Sumaya, I just have to recognize the beauty of the product management Slack channel. I have somebody messaging me, and I'll, I'll keep them anonymous, but they are disagreeing with your statement, and they say it is imperative to be likable and congenial to survive in product. I know we could debate that for hours, as we did a couple episodes ago with Diego and Shaivi and Welly, three product managers, two from Microsoft, one from LinkedIn. So check that episode out if you want to dive into, do you have to be likable or do you have to be liked to succeed in product management? I I want to transition. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> uh, you were waiting for it to get funny, and it's at least funny to me three times ago. <laughs> I'm going to transition. I, I have taken way too much oxygen from my co-host, Red, who is here every week, making this a fun experience as we all work together to enrich the lives of diverse PMs. It is Red's chance to invite you to get involved in today's conversation. Red, can you remind them what we're talking about just to make sure that we uh, have questions and comments consistent with uh, today's topic? Tell them that red circle and tell them anything else you want to tell them. The show is is yours. Well, I appreciate that, Jeff. And as a reminder to everybody else out there, today's show is really focused on helping you as you think about transitioning into the product management world. Where are your questions? Where are you seeing potential blockers or need help? And we have a stage full of professionals, as well as I'd like to point out a unicorn We have an actual unicorn on stage, Sarah, who is feverishly taking notes and pointing out facts that people are asking questions in our Slack group. So just remember, when you jump on on stage, thank you, Sarah, for making tonight's show not only available tonight, but available everywhere around the world. So here's the deal. You just have to raise your hand to come up on stage. The clubhouse has a beautiful button on the bottom of your screen, a little hand over a notebook, and you just click on that. And I will see your name. Only two requirements. One, please have a picture of yourself. And two, uh, for this week, I am not going to let physical therapists on stage, Jeff. That is my no-go. We're looking for product managers, not life coaches. So if you're somebody that is in the business world and has PM questions, welcome to the stage. Now, while we're waiting for questions, I know that you want a little humor. So I have one joke. And then we're going to jump to our first question, which is a product manager tries to walk into a bar, but can't because the door isn't scheduled until next release. Okay. <laughs> Wait, we got to at least uh, come off mute with a little laughter. <laughs> we were laughing. Uh, we were, for sure. <laughs> Pity laugh. Pity oh, laugh. Okay. Thank you, guys. All right, so we have folks coming on stage. Just mute yourself and come on stage. I already have one question from Sarah. If you can dictate it out, you've got one question that you highlighted uh, that is coming from the Slack group. Can you ask that question? All you do is say, Marty B., and then what is the question? So Sarah, the mic is... So the question is from our Slack channel. It's from Marty B. It's how are we defining success in PM? So that's an interesting and generic one. Jeff, do we want to dig in on this one or is this too generic for today's topic? I'll I think it's actually in. perfect because if we're trying to help people have a successful transition, we should help define as a PM before you give advice, you should actually define the metrics for success. So I think this is a great question. I'm wondering if I or Ajith have, um, as we've given the do's and don'ts, what are the outcomes that you are helping somebody achieve in their transition to product management or into a new role? Uh, answering this properly. So we're saying what are the success points as a PM or when they're transitioning? Sorry, I just want to get a little bit more clarification there. Yeah, good question. So I think 
if we're helping people transition into product, so they've made the transition to a new job in product management, and we're telling them what to do to be able to be successful, I think it's helpful for us to define success. Is success being that they get promoted? Is success being that they make a lot of money for the company? What is it that we're helping them drive by giving these do's and don'ts for that first couple of months on the job? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly it, Jeff. What is success? Like we're having a very deep conversation about it, but what is it? Like, is the bar to get promoted? Is the bar to have longevity? Is it just like, what is it? And by the way, Marty, thank you for coming up on stage. This is what I'm talking about from Slack to live channel. Just want to say thank you for, for making yourself present. Twofold, right? So I think as a product manager, you're at the end of the day, you have goals that you have set for yourself as an individual, regardless of what product you're on or what company you're on, right? So I think the ultimate measure for success for me in that regard is, okay, where am I, you know, where am I going in terms of my next steps, right? So if I'm a level X, how level, you know, the next level up from there, right? So I think that's the big thing. So promotion, very big thing. But then I think on the product side as well, too, how have you drove the needle on the KPIs, right? So before I got here, the product was performing like this. After I left or in a year later, the product is now performing like this, right? So whether that be more customer time, customer engagement on the product, or whether that be more revenue spent on the product, so on and so forth. So I think you have it on twofold. So one is always making sure that you're another level up or closer to the next level by the time that you've tra- made that transition. And then two, on a product side, you want to make sure that the product is performing better after you've, it's touched your hand as well, too. So setting that that goal, okay, I wanted to get increased engagement by this metric. Or I wanted to get this increased revenue by this metric. I think those are the two folds that I would look at it by. Mark, no no silence kills me. Um, oh! It's <laughs> your stage to manage. Do you want to keep going on this question, Red, or do you want to get to the next person? I think, Marty, I would say and urge you, you know, IOs and Slack, jump on in there and dig deeper if you need more success metrics. But I think it's a really good place to start the conversation. So thank you for jumping up on stage from the Slack channel. Moving on to the next question. Hopefully I'm saying your name correctly, but Aya, you know, you're a co-founder of a company. We did uh, throw a lot of love towards CEOs earlier and how that is a misnomer for how we want to describe product managers. But what is your question? How can we help? The stage is yours. Hey, nice to meet you guys. Sorry, I'm a little shy when I talk, but um, I'm going to try to be clear. Yeah, I I co-founded Swirl, and I'm also kind of product managing at the same time. You know, with small startups, you got over 20 hats. I First, I wanted to say thank you to, is that Sumaya? Is that how you say it? Yeah, it's Sumaya. Sumaya, what she said about building trust and asking questions, and I was very curious on how you develop these questions. I assume you kind of learned what to ask over time, or was it something you were told to ask? Because I think that knowing what to ask is part of that wisdom that you develop as a product manager, and I wanted to hear a little bit more about that. That's a really good question. I think, yes, over time, it's become second nature. But if we're talking about early days and you're trying to train yourself on how to think about questions and how to develop curiosity in a more systematic way, again, as Jeff knows, I love frameworks. (laughs) So how do you think about the different ways you can ask you know, different questions. There are two places I start with. The first one is, of course, always focus on the problem first. So get extremely disciplined about not jumping to solutions. Start from a place of focusing on the problem and immersing yourself in there. And when you're thinking about the problem, there are four places to think about. One, the user in their behavior, in their observed actions, or in that specific market, what's happening, what's taking place. And I'm very specific about the words I'm using because you want to do more of the observation and understanding of facts rather than just getting opinions from people. And then you get opinions from people or answers. And that's all focused, again, on the product and the customer. The second area that I like to think about in terms of questions is business model kind of areas. And how do you know what questions to ask about business models? You start by understanding what does a business model 
consist of? What are the different business models out there? What is the evolution of the different kinds of business models? What are the latest ones? You look at the different companies and how they have succeeded through business models. So you just start from a place of doing understanding and research of current state. And then the the third place I also look at is channel. So when we think about channel, we think about where do these customers live? Where do these solutions live? Where do these business models live? It's all about questions about the where and the how to, like the transport and the distribution. So I ask questions around that world. And then the last but not least part is features. So as we start asking about behaviors, you know, in that first part about the behaviors and the observed actions that people take, there might be associated technology features that we know about from other applications, other solutions. Again, we're not thinking about solutions yet. We're just focused on the problem. So I would think about all the questions I have amongst these four areas and then ask them of the right people. Sometimes with the technology team, they're aware of different solutions in the market. And so there are different questions you can ask them there. UX team, different questions you can ask there. So that's where I would start systematically thinking. And then last but not least, after you think about the problems, then you ask about the solutions that correspond to those problems. And usually you should see a correlation between the two, especially for established products. And some of these conversations can be very quick. It's a 30-minute conversation or it can be a whole day workshop. It's really about getting the right level of detail and questions that will help you form the kind of conclusions you need. I I have just one thing to add to what Sumeya just said. Aika, I hope I'm saying your name right. It's uh, difficult to always know what to ask when and figure that out. But maybe one simple framework is to consider there's a lean lean six sigma technique that is very popular for root cause analysis, but it applies really well in product management as well, which is it's called the five whys. As a product manager, you really want to know why a particular decision was made, why a particular design was accepted, or why a particular architecture for a particular product was chosen. So focus on the why. Everything else will come later. Try to understand the why behind decisions and investigate those whys first. If you do that, that will automatically give you an understanding of what else to ask. Especially if the why isn't clear to you, then you know what to ask automatically. That's starting point. I hope that helps. Yes, thank you so much. That was really, really helpful answers. I was taking notes the whole time. Red, is it okay if I ask one follow-up question? Or Okay, I guess it's okay. (laughs) So I wanted to mention Ayo, who was talking about leveraging data. And Ayo, I wanted to ask you, in this particular scenario, how can you leverage data? Uh, data is very kind of, you know, I come from a creative world and now I'm managing a team and it's sort of something I'm still, it's like a little creature I'm trying to get to know. And I was curious about how you evolved on understanding how to leverage data to, you know, build up your team and to make sure you gain that trust from everybody. I'm glad that you kind of harped on this as well too, right? So there's a ton of different ways that you can kind of leverage data to help you kind of like drive your product as a product manager. If there's a product that has competitors out there, what is the competitor performance looking like? What are ways that we can kind of set the bars from what the competitors are doing to understand, okay, this is the way we need to be making the direction forward. If you guys have, you guys as in the actual organization, if you all have tools in place where you guys can leverage queries or um, being able to query data to see how your data is performing as it currently stands as well too, that's another way that you can kind of leverage data. So leveraging previous data that you guys have to kind of set the baseline for what's to come forward as well too. And then making like predictions as well too, right? If your data is performing like this over this certain amount of time, what is the trend and how much time is it going to take for you to reach your KPI based upon those trends as well, too? Some tools that are very, very efficient that make this a little bit easier as a product manager. I'm obviously with Google, so Google Charts is definitely something that's helpful for most people out here. They use Tableau. So I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that. But I definitely say like querying data, SQL is definitely very, very paramount. It's definitely a plus. I know some product managers leverage it heavily, some don't. But when it comes to being able to query data, 
on your own demand, I think SQL is definitely for that. But there's also different ways that you can kind of uh, leverage data, whether that be market analysis or previous data that you have from organizational's trials and tribulations that you can use as well, too. So I hope that helps. Aya, thank you thank so you. much for all the questions. And please join the Slack channel. You can ask more unlimited amounts as long as, the, you know, obviously it's not too much. But in general, I think that was a fantastic question. And Marty, definitely want to find time to recircle back on that question you had around defining success and potentially in future podcasts. But for right now, I, I really want to transition to a, a big thank you because for a lot of folks who couldn't make it tonight or others who are just ultimately looking for a recap, we have a unicorn on stage, Sarah, who ultimately is making it possible to do that. And if, you, if you're in the events channel, you'll see her work firsthand. Sarah really wanted to just at least get an understanding from you you know, why are you volunteering with the Product Management Center? What is it about your goals for success in product management that motivate you to contribute to the community? I really want to, you know, use this as an opportunity to say thank you, but also dig into really what Marty asked earlier. Like, how do you define success and what are you going to do to get there? Yeah, I mean, I think from my mindset, I really think that in healthcare and coming from a clinical background, we don't really bring the product mindset into the way we do things. And so the reason why I volunteer is mainly to engage as much as I can with an outside perspective, outside of the healthcare and administrative world. And it brings me a lot of truths and, and challenges me to be, first of all, more inclusive in my thoughts and considering all users, because I think we sometimes are a little, not lazy, but efficient um, in healthcare. And also to really learn about the product mindset and how to be an entrepreneur and incorporate that into the entire development of a company and, and a product. So I really appreciate it. It's very valuable to me. And I feel like I'm providing value as well. Rock on. Well, I have to say my daughter's birthday is coming up. And if I, she was only in the room right now, I could tell her I'm talking to a unicorn, a real live one. But jokes aside, the work you're doing for the community is, is very inspirational. And it's really a good idea for anyone to approach product management without bias. That might be one of the first bars to set for yourself. So thank you, Sarah. Back to you, Jeff, because I think at this point, as we're getting close to rounding this one off, there's a bunch of bite-sized things we could leave the community with and really want to transition to one back to you. All right. And I want to transition to Samea. <laughs> wow. Any, any concluding <laughs> thoughts? Well, thank you so much. I think we talked a little bit about structural things you can do around setting expectations, around using data, and the advice that Ajit and Ayo offered was very much on point. We didn't get to talk a lot about how to, for example, interview effectively. And I look forward to us talking about that more in the future. I think we sort of leaned into setting expectations from day one, whether that's through the interview process when you take on the new job as a PM, understanding from day one what kind of product management job that is, the one you're going to get into because not all of them are the same. But that's something for another topic for another day. And again, thanks all for your time and good to see you, Marty and Sarah. Back to you, Jeff. We can always count on Sumeya to give some great insight. And now it's time for Ajith. Before you have to go, any concluding thoughts for the community? Thanks for having me on this chat. I really enjoyed it. My concluding thought is that there's always another transition coming up in your career. Even after you've made a successful transition to being a first-time PM, look forward to new ones. You could transition to a people manager role. You could transition to a new product. You could transition to owning multiple product lines under the same organization. So again, going back to a point that Sumeya made and something we raised early on, each time you make a transition, speak with the people you work with and understand what the expectations of your role are and make sure you assess if you are able to cover all of those expectations, and if not, why not? And then set the right stage forward. Have fun, everybody. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Io, any concluding thoughts? Um, well, my concluding thoughts are really, really just focus on understanding that the room may or may not have aspiring PMs here. For those who are aspiring to be a PM, I think just with anything as a product manager, you're always taking things step by step and always getting closer to your KPIs as well, too. So if you're focused at that goal and then reverse engineer it and say, okay, I need to do this to get there. I need to do this step. I need to update my resume. I need to go through this many mocks. I need to 
joined the IPM Accelerator program, so it was a shameless plug. But there's a ton of different things that, you know, that you need to do, but, and it may seem overwhelming, but just take it step by step as well, too. I'm a resource. My information is in my bio. I'd love to connect with everybody, but I had a great time here and I hope to, you know, connect with everyone and I wish you all the best. All right. Thank you. And I, if I could put you on the spot just before you go, I know it's late here, but you are dedicating so many hours to helping make a more diverse and inclusive product management community. You are mentoring a handful of people that from historically marginalized communities who are ready to be product managers. If somebody's looking for diverse talent, uh, tell them a little bit about the amazing people you're working with and how they can get in touch with you or them. So uh, exactly. I think you hit it right on the head on the nail where, you know, the people that I'm working with, specifically my mentees at the the IPM Accelerator program are very, very diverse, right? They come from similar backgrounds as myself, are very talented. They come from backgrounds that are non-technical. Some are in the tech industry, but um, non-product focused, slowly making that shift as well, too. And we're working together to ultimately figure out how we can connect the dots to get them now. And, you know, Three weeks, we're already seeing, you know, people getting interviews. People are coming close to landing jobs, knock on wood. By the next time you guys have me back, we'll, we'll have some testimonials for you guys as well. Uh-uh, we got jobs. We got jobs. Hold are we, on. Are we got, we got, okay, we got jobs. We got okay. offers. They came in on Friday. We got offers. Oh, so we, oh see, okay. see, I got to get, get, get updated. Sorry about that. But yes, we, we have offers and we love to see it. And there's going to be a ton more coming in the next coming weeks as well, too. So um, this is definitely something I'm involved with. Um, if you'd like to reach out to me, connect with me on LinkedIn. I think all of my Socials are in my in my LinkedIn. You can look me up as well there too. So wish you all the best and let's stay connected. All right. And so Io is not only helping them get jobs, but he's also going to keep help them in their transition, as you heard about today. So thank you, Io. Thank you, Ajith. And thank you, Sumeya, for being here. I know you might have to drop, so I just want to make sure that you know that we appreciate all that you did tonight to enrich the lives of diverse PMs and to really help people succeed in product management. Marty, I want to give you a chance for a concluding thought since uh, you are the architect of this inclusive product management accelerator uh, with the help of an amazing steering committee and these distinguished mentors like Io. But any concluding thoughts that you want to share either about today's conversation or about the inclusive product management accelerator and how people could help? Uh, Yeah, I think this is awesome. I try to jump in on these when I can. Big thing is my advice would be on that, that question I asked. The way you measure success when you enter PM will not be the way you measure success at year two, three, and all the years that go by, which is why I asked the question, how are we measuring? Because it'll change as you grow. The way I measured myself as an APM and what the bar was at 8 APM is not the same as me going into director and senior director at, in my career, right? Last part about IPMA. We are having an informational next week. Uh, if you go to the UW Product Management Center page, you can see the event there. Sign up for it on Eventbrite. You can also just search on Eventbrite and find it that way. Um, but I'll be talking more about the program, how we select candidates, um, and choose the next cohort. And then the last part of that, that is if you are getting ready to try to go up for a product interview, you're trying to do the thing, you're trying to get the role, I strongly, strongly encourage all of you to take some time to think about your why, think about what's important to you, think about what you're trying to achieve, because that'll show up in interviews and will ultimately fuel you towards that success. So that's it. Thanks, Jeff. All right. And just to clarify, if you're trying to get into the inclusive product management accelerator, so you're an aspiring product manager from a historically marginalized community, follow me on LinkedIn or follow the Product Management Center at UW on LinkedIn. Uh, it's The Eventbrite is uh, posted on that website, um, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn and I'll share it directly, but it's not on the website. You can learn about the program on the University of Washington website, but the Eventbrite is connect with us and we'll share it. Anyway, <laughs> awkward little moment there on my part, but Red, you're never awkward always on point. Transition us to your concluding thoughts. Wow. It's like telling someone the joke's not going to be bad. Well, I, I will say this. Thank you to everybody who joined us Tuesday today. We had a lot of repeat faces as I'm looking to the crowd. Chris, but I love seeing you every week. Marty, appreciate you coming up on stage. We definitely want to have you back. But every Tuesday, four people here. And if for some reason you uh, want to invite friends to the Slack group, just ping me. Have them ping me. We have two to go to hit 1,000 PMs. And uh, very excited for the growth of the community with Jeff at the helm. So Jeff, back to you. And we're here to service the product management community every week. All right. Thank you, Red. Thank you for turning this in, or sorry, 
Thank you for transitioning this from a Clubhouse show to a podcast that is downloadable on every major podcasting app. I don't even know what qualifies as major, but if you've heard of it, I bet you you could find how to succeed in product management on it. And we would appreciate it if you rated, gave us a five stars so that others can find success in product management that they could find this podcast. So yeah, please rate this podcast to help others find the information that you are finding here. And I just want to conclude with this. People like Sarah really make product management special. Uh, there are people like Sarah Gallo, who's joined us here on stage, and other volunteers, Saranj Jain, Avijit Tripathi, Vasanthi. There's, there's so many volunteers that really make product management special because they give back. No matter what they have to give, they find a way to give something to the rest of us. And so I'm really honored that uh, here at the University of Washington, we've taken our resources and applied it to help develop a more diverse, inclusive, and skilled product management community. We're trying to make it for everyone. And what inspires me is when you have volunteers like Sarah Gallo and the others that spend their time to make sure this keeps going, that you get to learn not just here, but in a multi-channel experience. So you got to learn here on Clubhouse. Uh, you could download it in a podcast. You can join and, and see it on the product management Slack channel. We're looking for more ways and more product managers who want to give back, whether that's a guest on this show, an Ask Me Anything, which we have every Thursday in the Product Management Center Slack channel, or other ideas. We're open to any ideas that can enrich the lives of diverse PMs, empower product managers to develop innovations that are inclusive to diverse audiences and to succeed doing so, and anything that'll help us really give employers the most trusted source for diverse product management talent, people who are ready to hit the ground running and bring in new, fresh perspectives. So be like Sarah, be like Saranch and Avajit and Red and Marty and all the people here who are contributing. Give back, uh, work together with us, the Product Management Center at the University of Washington, to enrich the lives of diverse PMs. I'll see you next week, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Have a great week.